This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers Experience with myself, Adam Strong. And today we have another amazing guest here on the show. Someone that um, someone that I got like super excited when I had the opportunity to 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 apply for her to come on the show, and uh, someone that is very very highly respected in in our given industry. Her name is Christina Manlikani, and she is the co-founder of Mind Valley. Now, if you don't know who Mind Valley is, I guess I guess you need to go out and go check out what Mind Valley is. But they're an amazing amazing organization and she's a serial entrepreneur she's the co-founder of mind valley and she set that business up with her now ex-husband vision and uh and they set that business up in a new york apartment many many years ago and i'm sure that we'll be talking about that as well she's got multiple books out so she's got different books out uh author of live your own um live your own by, by your own rules seven days of happiness and one that is actually coming out very very soon then or when you're going to be listening to this guys but it's also she's got a new new book coming out called becoming flawsome which is going to be <laughs> super awesome super awesome super flawsome how's that um <laughs> she's <laughs> she's one of the top influential people in the world she's a philanthropist and what i love about her is that she's got like this I don't know, she comes across as this really authentic, down-to-earth human being. And that's what I love about guests on here, right? So integrity-led, authentic-based um, leaders, which, and, you know, and that's what I love about this. So what are we going to be talking about, ladies and uh, gentlemen, today? Well, number one, we're going to be talking about happiness more specifically, because I feel like, I feel like it's one of those things, which is, it's one of those topics or subjects, which we kind of get a broad understanding of, but in terms of being able to apply that meaning of happiness to our own personal lives, that's going to be a really good conversation. We're going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, a little bit about Christina's background and how she ended up being in Belarus and in Estonia. We're going to talk a little bit about that and how that kind of coincides. We're also going to be talking a little bit about signals and I'll explain what that means a little bit uh, down there. And I'm going to, I like to talk about, as you guys know, that listening into the conversation, I like to get deep with my guests, right? I like to do a deep dive with people so that you get the most out of today's conversations and, and listening and stuff. So if you're listening to this in the car, if you're listening to this in the gym, uh, do yourself a favor, okay? You're, you're going to do yourselves injustice if you don't go back and rewind this and make notes, because I, I can guarantee <laughs> you're going to get so much great uh, amazing conversations. Anyway, enough from me. Christina, <laughs> welcome to the show. Adam, thank you so much. Thank you for your wonderful energy. And uh, yeah, the bar is high now. <laughs> so I wonder if I can cover everything in such a short time. But thank you. Uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I'm looking forward to today. It's it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a great thing. So listen, I know that we've got like we've got listeners in 52 countries so far mm -hmm. around the world. Now. I kind of wanted to set the stage here a little bit because you're currently based in in Tallinn, Estonia, mm -hmm. not far from where I am right now. 
But actually, did you not actually grow in Belarus in near Russia? Is that is that correct? Uh, so I was born in Soviet Union, uh, broadly speaking, but uh, actually it was in Belarus. So when I was born, you know, Soviet Union was a big country and I did live most of my life in Estonia until until I got married. Uh, but yes, I was born in Belarus. It's a, a country squeezed between uh, Russia and Europe. And it's one of those great, ter- great territories, which is uh, not very well known, but also um, probably the, the last uh like proper soviet country left out there because i don't think they moved on since the collapse of soviet union from that ideology and that kind of lifestyle well we're not here to talk about politics and war by the way ladies and gentlemen we're yeah, here yeah. to talk about awesome conversations so i just went to like, <laughs> full disclosure there anyway so um now i know that you talked a little bit about um because i'm it's interesting because i've read your story and you have a really you have a really compelling story and and I, I really kind of I know that some 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 of the people here that are listening in that most of them don't know what your story is um but I mean you learn very early on uh, the whole kind of like because I, I mean I've got a couple of friends who's actually from Estonia you know and they talk uh, one particular lady who is based in London now so she's a really good friend of mine I've known her for about eight to ten years and she talks about um, the whole kind of programming mm-hmm. of around what women's perceptional reality of what they feel like they should be with mm-hmm. what society d- dictates them to become. But I also know that you have your own spin and story around the whole kind of programming mm-hmm. of like people that, when you grew up as well. Could we start with that? Would that be all right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, we we can start with that. And, um, you know, uh, I'm very often calling myself an amateur feminist, and uh, it's it's very interesting because you just uh, mentioned uh, how women are conditioned, and yes, we are conditioned different from men. But I also have to admit that uh, in Soviet Union, it was a very uh, egalitarian egalitarian society in many ways despite the fact that it was uh, uh it, it was actually not a very democratic country but uh we we as a woman i wasn't conditioned any different from men actually uh, and that's that's a very interesting thing but with that said i think we are all conditioned certainly men and women is just that uh somehow we talk more about the <laughs> the, the things that that, that women are conditioned into like let's say perfectionism right but men also suffer from that from perfectionism it's just that they call it something different they call it you know the race for success or <laughs> being ambitious and being super achiever but in essence uh, very similar uh, very similar patterns lie uh, in in both female and uh, and and male programming but with that said, yes, we women get extra pressure. And part of the reason is because uh, a lot of the times there is a conflict in our social roles. So just just uh, without going too deep into, into the feminist topic, but, you know, this world is built by men, obviously. Uh, and there are a lot of social roles which are highly valued by society, be it a successful person, entrepreneur, rich people, a lot of those things. Uh, are highly valued by society versus, for example, caregiver, uh, a nurse, a mother, right? So uh, naturally, we are tempted to go uh, to to perform the roles which are more socially uh, in in social hierarchy higher. Now, when it comes to females, you know whether we like 
Thank you, Donald, but there are stereotypical uh, traits uh, in every social role that you play. So, for example, if you are presenting yourself as a professional, usually we assume that professionals have to be, uh, you know, in a way serious, uh, masters of their craft. Uh, you know, decided, confident. Uh, now, if we take leadership, uh, whether it's business leadership or political leadership, we also have a certain set of stereotypical uh, qualities, which we consider to be qualities of a good leader. And usually it's also determination, you know, being focused on the goal uh, to the point being so goal oriented that you actually uh, leave, let's say, emotions aside. Now, when you take uh, a woman the stereotypical qualities of a woman are nurturing, caring, caring of the environment, caring of everybody's feelings. So very often when a woman has to uh, step into a role of a leader, because these two stereotypical pictures are in contradiction, women get much more uh, criticism compared to men. Because society, um, when, when they see a woman leader, society tends to criticize women on being bad women rather than on evaluating them as a good leader. Of course, the question is not that we should change the woman in any way, but I think we should change how we, um, what kind of qualities we uh, attribute to, let's say, a good leader, a good professional, a master of their own craft. And maybe we should, uh, you know, take a step back and actually look at that with a cl clean slate so that we are not, um, we're not influenced by the stereotypes of the thousands of years of human history. But that's, I don't want to go deep into this conversation because it's a very uh, serious and, and complex talk. It is. It's a, it's a deep talk, deep topic. So maybe, maybe, maybe if we have a bit more time, another at, at another time, <laughs> yes. I'm sure we'll talk about these things and whatever it is. Let's get into some of the nitty gritty um, stuff, if I may, because I know that you also we've all got our own stories, right, Christina? And you know, we've all got, and so you have a, again a very compelling story. You know, being sort of living in the pro former, uh, you know, um, Soviet Union and stuff, but. There's there was also a, a a kind of what I call a an epiphany if you like you had an epiphany and you didn't you you have a, you had many epiphanies in your life but I know that there was one particular epiphany especially when you set up things like Mind Valley and stuff like that and I know that when you started to question especially when you were married and you were a mother and you had your kids and stuff like that and you started to question your life a bit more you know what was you know what were you, what was going through your mind like what was what were you what was your inner critic saying to you mm. you know and how did and how did it make you feel you know i um I, I guess I get epiphanies quite often, and uh, that's probably just the nature of life you you go through it and then you discover new things and then you understand certain things. Uh, about yourself, about about the world. So I, I would say that I've had, uh, I, I keep still having uh, realizations. Are they quite epiphanies? I'm not sure. Uh, some of the most uh, remarkable moments probably were, um, I, I, I and, and forgive me for 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 sounding maybe a little bit too uh, too woo woo, but I guess uh, the moment of awakening is always the memorable one, and that's when you uh, when you suddenly realize that you can change things, or you suddenly realize when when your uh, course uh, changes one hundred and eighty degrees, not just a little uh, little adjustment. Now, uh, by the time I, I believe that what you are talking about is uh, the moment in the forties when uh, I had built my perfect life and uh, and suddenly. Realized that wasn't completely happy in that perfect life. Uh, that definitely was like epiphany number a gajillion. 
<laughs> but uh, but it definitely was an important one because, and I think a very relatable one because I have been a, well a perfectionist all my life, and an ambitious, uh, striving person, uh, and uh, you know the the Soviet past that you you have mentioned a few times has definitely added to that because in Soviet Union the idea was that uh, the greater good, the good of the whole society, is above any individual. Um, well-being. So uh, I, I was brought up with a very strong martyrdom complex. So, uh, you know, building life uh, according to the rules of society is something that we all know. And maybe in, in the case of a woman, it's one set of uh, decorations. In the case of a man, it's a different set of decorations. But the point is that from a very early age, we take decisions in our life, which we assume are going to take us to success. And whenever we have a choice between uh, taking a decision towards success versus towards your own well-being, we naturally pick success, success because success is, as we were talking about, you know, a successful person is socially a much more valuable <laughs> valuable social role than, than a happy person, for that matter. So, um, and at some point, we suddenly realize that success actually doesn't make you feel good which is an interesting uh, turning point because uh, a lot of us would say, but feeling good is not the point at all. I'm supposed to be, uh, I, I don't know, I'm supposed to have great goals or meaningful life, make a contribution. Feeling good is not in the picture or being, being happy is not in the picture. So I was about 40 when I had built my perfect life by the book and uh, realized that I wasn't um, happy as, as I was supposed to be. And that was half the problem. The real problem was that I was feeling really horrible for not feeling happy in my perfectly su successful Instagrammable life. So it's that interesting dead end where you go all your life, you strive for your goals, you go for the things that you think are important and uh, you think that you have chosen for yourself and probably you have. In fact, I don't want to roll that uh, responsibility on society. And then once you hit it, you suddenly realize that this is not how you how you imagined you would feel. And, mm. and not only that, but I felt guilty and ashamed how dare you and that was the worst part that was the thing that was the hardest to to cope with and that uh started me on a on a slightly different journey from what it was before and made me ask a lot of questions and uh and ultimately led to the understanding that you can't shame yourself out of being yourself you have to, you know, we we live with that idea that you have to be the best possible version of yourself. And I agree with that. What I don't agree with is that we uh, we we almost hate that other version, which is not the best version. We kind of we we shame ourselves for being anything but the best version of ourselves, and that's that's not a viable scenario. So let me get this right. So you had this ideology of creating the perfect life, which you achieved in your 40s, right? And then would you say that you had a midlife crisis? Oh, definitely. <laughs> well, according to WHO, uh, I only hit midlife when I hit 44. <laughs> I think I'm still surviving it. I mean, uh, you know, there are two different 
aspects. There is your relationship with yourself and then there's your relationship with something much bigger than you. And this relationship I'm still discovering. And my relationship with, uh, uh, with, with that entity, which we call time, is still very unclear. It's, it's too big for me. So I think I'm still I'm still suffering from midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. And it's been a while as well. So but listen, that's, I love that. That's, that's, that's great. Um, when you, um, when you started to, now I wanted to ask you a quick question, because this is a really important for me because even though we're similar ages, right? I'm in my forties now and I haven't hit a midlife crisis. Well, I hit my, mid, my midlife crisis at the age of 11. So it wasn't a midlife crisis. It was kind of a teenage, teenage uh, crisis, but anyway. Um, so when you started to uh when we when we talk about success and you talk about creating the perfect life and then you started to get these what i call um i'm going to call them signals so mm-hmm. signals generally you know I mean like this you talk about awakening from your perspective what were the signals to you like what were the kind of like red flags it's like oh no 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 do you know <laughs> what i mean what what were they to you uh, you know, um, transformation is not such a um, simple process as to <laughs> as to <laughs> write it down to 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 a certain experience. And actually, that maybe is a continuation to the idea of the midlife crisis. Uh, I believe that concept is probably also something that requires a little bit of reevaluation because uh, I actually have never researched it, but I believe it's the term which we've inherited from at least the middle of the 20th century. And people have uh, learned to live longer. We live a very different style, lifestyle. Uh, so I believe we'll, we'll go through series of crises throughout life. So in my case, uh, there have been series of uh, situations where, uh, where there have been red flag. So if we refer to the recent one, which was in my 40s, then uh, the the biggest red flag was feeling bad about uh, being bad. (laughs) You know, we want to be good. And when we feel that we can't live up to that uh, incredibly tough bar, no no matter how well we do, no matter how well we show ourselves, you know, this whole concept of fake it till you make it, it doesn't matter how well you do it. Sometimes you get so exhausted, so exhausted from just trying, trying too hard to be something which you feel deep inside is not even you. And that, uh, you know, that that wanting to be something else, trying super hard, being tired, as I said, was that I was beating myself up for feeling horrible about being horrible. And that is, you know, the second stress is the worst thing for us. They say that, uh, you you know, the stress is not, actually stress is not as bad for you as a lot of people are used to thinking. And I don't want to go into this research, but secondary stress is the thing that ruins us, that breaks us. So imagine it like this. If you wake up in the middle of the night because you have insomnia, insomnia in itself is not as bad for you as you feeling anxious about having insomnia. Mm, So that's what we do in our life. The fact that we are stressed is is just like, it's it's okay, it happens. We we get stressed. What is horrible is when you start beating yourself up. Why can't I get out of that? What's wrong with me? Like why everybody's doing, okay, forget everybody. It doesn't even matter about everybody. I, I have been in this industry for a long, I've learned so much. I've done so well. I've done such great things. Why am I upset about such a little thing? This, why am I not what I'm supposed to be? That's way worse than not being what you think you're supposed to be. There's one thing that I picked up um, in our small time together is that <laughs> you come across as a very curious person. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> do, you know, it, do you know what I mean? Like, uh, in a way, it's kind of, it, some people would call, kind of call it curious. Other people might call it as a, you're a bit of a rebel, in a good way, of course. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, but you need, we, we need those types of people in, in our, in, in, you know, to kind of like question the status quo. Do you know what I mean? Because if you don't start questioning life and you don't start questioning, then how does one, you know, how does one grow and learn? You, you can mm-hmm. by not questioning, right? Do you know what I mean? Yes, you know, and I'm really glad you picked uh, you, you pick the word curious, uh, although I do subscribe to being a rebel as well, of course. But uh, <laughs> I, I like the... I, I mean, I survived the breakup of Soviet Union. Of course, I have to be a rebel. You do. <laughs> those, those who were not didn't survive very well. <laughs> but, but jokes aside, uh, curiosity is a very underrated uh, quality in personal growth and transformation. I believe that if you replace judgment with curiosity, your journey is going to be so much more uh, profound, enjoyable, uh, and actually productive. The problem with us is that we are judgmental rather than curious and when you try to judge yourself it becomes scary because the moment you judge yourself you feel that okay now if I fail that's going to be a disaster when you're curious you remove that fear of failure you go into things uh, with a question I wonder if I try something new I wonder if I changed my point of view I wonder if I was wrong if you keep wondering rather than judging yourself you are going to open the doors to true transformation. And I think this is such an underrated uh, quality that I'm really grateful for you to just picking it like this, curious, curiosity. I mean, if I were to suggest one little change in your life, replace judgment with curiosity, it's going to make wonders. You know, that's a great takeaway, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I think that's a it's a really good point there. And, you know, maybe Christina is going to bring out two more books, How to Overcome Your Midlife Crisis and How to Become More Curious. How does that sound, ladies and gents? Um, <laughs> I'm not, so, I'm, I, I don't like writing, uh, I, I don't like writing books on request, but these are very good topics. They're very good topics. They're very, they're, 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 you know, if you're curious, then, you know, Please check Christina around. Ladies and gents. <laughs> Thank anyway, you. Uh, that's definitely that's very cool. Listen, I know that we're coming towards the end of our interview, but let's talk a little a bit about your uh, your new book coming out because I know you've got <laughs> previous books, but this one's kind of interesting. Becoming Flawson. Tell, tell us a little bit. What was the premise behind the book, and why should people read it? So. Um... Well, I have to. I have to be. Uh, I, I have to explain that this is the first book, which is book. Uh, before that, I, I, I am a writer, of course. I've written a lot of stuff, but I've, I've created programs. So, but but with that said, I really love uh, literature and uh, classic literature. Uh, the, the, my background is an actual background. It's not. It's not a picture. <laughs> but uh, so this book is a journey, and that's such an interesting thing because you asked why do why should people pick it up. I believe it's going to be a trailblazer, hopefully, <laughs> because as I, as you said, I, I rebel against convention, but um, but uh, it's not a very serious answer, of course, because uh, people nowadays we all compete for attention, and I know that uh, asking someone to read your book is a huge ask because you would spend three days with me at least if you read in in you know in one sitting. Um, why? Because this is a book which is a guide to you uh, back to your true self. 
uh, hopefully. Uh, of course, are you going to find yourself or not depends on your own uh, intention and on your own uh, dedication to that process. But I really, I wrote the book because uh, I felt that we, we humans, contemporary humans are craving a permission to just be, to just be and revel in our flawsomeness in our imperfections and to actually discover how much more I can uh, I can achieve I can do I can even leave a mark in this world if I just stop trying so hard to be something that I'm not mm. so I, I just feel that a lot of people have this pain even if they uh, numb it by being busy by being <laughs> so many other things uh, it is the pain that is in the contemporary society and I just felt like sharing sharing this journey with this journey with people but it is a journey i'm very reluctant to share what what is in it i usually like to say you know if you were to pick up the lord of the rings would you like to know that the fellowship is going to break up and i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry if i've given a spoiler to someone who hasn't read lord of the rings so i don't give spoilers about my book but it is a journey back to you very cool awesome well listen i know that uh we, we've come towards the end of our time and, and it's been a jam uh, you know, just kind of like hanging out with you and having some great conversations. Uh, so I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, I'm amazed how how quickly you managed to get to all the important points in such a short time. So thank you for that. Well, I I, I like to get through these important <laughs> things. It's important for my audience to get this, right? It's, it really is. But for you guys that are listening, I hope that you've enjoyed our brief conversation with me and Christina. If you... Um, if you have enjoyed our conversations or if you have related or anything resonates with our conversations, do me a favor, follow uh, her over on social media. We put all the links below and also check out, check out her new book, Becoming Flawsome, um, which is uh, going to be out uh, from June 23, depending on when you're listening to this, of course, uh, in all the major uh, bookstores uh, out there and stuff. So from me and Christina, I hope you're well. Hope you've enjoyed today's episode and uh, hope you have an amazing day, week, month, whenever you listen to this. Take care and we'll see you soon. Cheers. Thank you so much.